0: Is this them? Hello? Oh, hi, boys. It's your favorite president, Dr. Joe Biden. I'm calling to let you know I love the show, 48 minutes of barking dogs or whatever. But here's the deal. We have a problem at the White House, and it's a real big one, and I'm hoping you can help. The members of my staff can't stop listening to the show. They'll quote lines from it all day, every Wednesday, every time a new episode comes out like clockwork. Productivity in the White House goes straight into the toilet. It's because of that. That I have some bad news. You boys are hereby ordered by the Department of Justice to cease and desist all recording until further notice. I'm sorry, I guess I'll just have to listen to your Kickstarter sucks instead. Those boys are funny as hell. 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog Forty eight minutes of dogs barking. Forty eight minutes of dogs barking. Woof 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 woof
1: woof woof
2: what if i told you i was sucking on a man's penis
1: tonight <laughs> well i'd say uh, we're the only two here so i don't know oh no <laughs> oh no oh, the implications of this of yeah. this have gone somewhere i did not
2: intend oh oh, boy. oh hachimachi indeed gosh jason i'm the thug shake I mean, thugs- <laughs> i've been smoking on that that boot the boot devil patch yeah <laughs> the shit that will make your pacemaker stop so purple make you ask where's ronald, where's ronald? yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, what Brian's referred to of course is a series of uh, deep fake AI videos where uh President Biden has been smoking on that loud, he's been he's been going ham. Uh but yeah, Thug Shaker, that was a new one. <laughs>
2: I think my favorite my favorite uh Biden weed one is the one where he's like uh, a reporter is asking if he likes the the, the toke up and he's like <laughs> Let me be honest with you. I do get high, but I don't mess with that gas or that shower. That's just a little bit too loud for your boy. <laughs> well, like, he's like just talking about just drinking, fucking, or not drinking, smoking like swag, like the brick shit, you know, stuff you buy in the Walmart parking lot. And I'm like, oh,
0: see, I'm from Scranton, and what I'm smoking is dirt. Let's get that straight, Jack. I'm smoking pure brick, <laughs> ass. Okay, America, Americans are wanting to smoke that dirt. Okay. You go up to someone and say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a big bag of this heady bud, but I'm taking your stash of mids. They're going to say, come on, man, get out of here. That's right. That's right. Get the hell out of here. We like stems and we like seeds where I come from,
1: which is t- to me that calls to mind that um, that old uh, El Resisto tweet where it's prosecutor, you smoke good, correct? Me, yes. Prosecutor. Fire? Me, no, Reggie, nothing above mids. Prosecutor. Can you explain this tweet then from September fifth? I'm absolutely gone off that loud. Me, I consider mids loud. I fully I get fully destroyed off I have a hit of that booty shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so like,
1: that's what it calls to mind for me. Uh, <laughs>
2: oh a, that's so good. It's a classic. I went to this thing. Yeah. And it was a bunch of speakers talking about situations where they didn't have control in their life. All the stories were really good, and I had been warned by a friend that the the last speaker was going to talk about like her warrior mother Yoni. Like, oh my god! Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a it was a white woman, and she lives in Tower Grove, <laughs> and okay. uh, was talking about you know how much she likes being pregnant and like. Sure. Being a surrogate and all of these things. And then through a story that I admit telling the story is very brave and obviously is very impactful to this person, but the catalyst for this thing that becomes life-changing is that she was a surrogate for a Chinese man. Oh, God. And after giving birth to the man's child... I don't know if this is like a thing where like the man, and his wife couldn't conceive, but also kind of, I'm going to drop something here and maybe this will get me in trouble. The man's name was Huey, but because of how she spoke, I thought she was saying highway. And I was like, <laughs> it took me, I, I mean, I'm also just fucking, I'm, I've am i been really fucking tired this week. I've been sleeping good. My long COVID symptoms are off the fucking off that loud, yeah. I'm totally gassed up on uh, shallow breathing and chest pains. <laughs> oh, absolutely God. out here in Amish, doinked out on fucking hanging life. Yeah, just um, living it fucking 100. Yeah, I'm on that jet fuel.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that prototype money
2: <laughs> bra. But so I'm just like sitting there, just absolutely, just like I hate, I hate being alive. And it's like, yeah. why is she calling this guy highway? highway. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. Because she's saying it, like, with a, a certain cadence that makes it like, like oh, she, you got to get, yeah. <laughs> get off 40? Yeah. Get off 141. <laughs> and you keep going South Down, right? You want hit Manchester. Yes. Go around Manchester. That's Ellisville.
1: That's the highway.
2: That's, yeah. not, that's Hillsville They call the cops on you. Just be careful. But she, but she's talking, and I'm just like, what the fuck? And after, you know, giving birth to this man's child, talking about how he had like brought over a like traditional like chinese like nanny and like (laughs) how the nanny was like feeding her all these teas and complimenting on our milk production it's like this kind of thing where like oh this is like a really harrowing intense story that felt very much like the vagina monologues but also like some crunchy fucking internet new age shit
0: but Some, it was also just like the very end, like, oh, this is
2: a lot of Orientalism. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And like my friends like, you know, should I go over there and like let her know that the story that she has rehearsed perfectly actually kind of ends on a note that just is a really sour thing. <laughs> like these old Asian stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Old grandma. So it was really just trading in these old Orientalism archetypes and like just felt like he brought over like this little woman with binded feet that like lived in like a hollowed out Ottoman or something. <laughs> Like, just, like, just something fucking terrible. And, you know, my my friend's like, uh, should I go over there and and ruin it? Right. (laughs) And, you know, I look over and the lady and, like, her family are all having, like, this big hug and crying. And part of me is like, yeah, you should. (laughs) <laughs> but,
1: no, But no. i'm shaking my head i know i know you can't see it. it's, the, uh, it's the medium of a, of a radio yeah like i can't uh, no 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 I'll,
2: i i <laughs> you know what younger me would have been like absolutely ruined there yeah fuck their shit sure up. sure fuck their show hey there's your story you tell is like really great until you get to the part where it's racist yeah and uh, actually that's kind of a couple of stories we're like that. Oh, no. we're like oh these are really great stories this is like i think maybe it's just we're just trash people here in st louis
1: could also be that yeah it's hard to tell
2: I'm. I'm going to have to say though, like Lay was like talking about like how like big her or like how wide her vulva, or uvula, or whatever, her, her her how big her pussy was. Okay, the, just to put it in the frankest terms, you know, a plush, <laughs> plush pussy. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is a, a weird thing. Very uh, strange. Yeah, and um, and you know, everything that my friend had told me about, he's going to talk about like her warrior mother pussy that like she was gonna come up on stage like in one of those uh like bikini bombs that has like the 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 metal on the front and like an arc welder just shooting sparks into the crowd
1: yeah and shit. And i was like, like you know that seems was it? yeah was it, like
2: the gen torturers that did something like that yeah. <laughs> you know i was like i was really expecting like for some sparks to go everywhere right yeah you were uh, you were expecting
1: something very different
2: yeah. yeah yeah i guess just where i come from when people talk about having mm. like a, a i mean Cutting glass, yeah, it's a powerful like, vagina. Doing a caricature of someone in the front row <laughs> on glass, you know, just yeah. Wow, you really got the light in his eyes, yeah, with your your rock hard clit that uh... cut diamonds, yeah. <laughs> cut diamonds. The clit. <laughs> she's like, she's just, she's like, fucking takes up fucking old Milwaukee's best and like mm-hmm. slams on her clit, and mm-hmm. uses it instead of the car keys, so she shotguns shotgun it. it, yeah. Yeah, just uh, this, this warrior clit, <laughs> this ancestral primitive, primitive root clit. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's oh, going to die in my sleep.
1: It's for David's dogs barking by David's Jason. This is, of course, Brian. Hi, and we're uh, hanging talking
2: out talking about our primitive root clips. Yes,
1: and and uh, all of that. And boy, what a what a weird week! It has been a weird one, like you said. Like, fuck, Monday felt forever ago. I did have some good news. I did have some really cool things uh, come my way this week, so I was very excited to share them. Yeah, Uh, my car's fixed now, oh, completely. So now it's you know. uh, Oh, I I hate to tell you this, but I accidentally tapped it from the back. Son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm
1: gonna get you. Um, No, but uh, that's fine. So, Pedusa. But then, uh, then I also got news a couple days ago that I was cast uh, in a in a thing that I've been very excited about. I auditioned for a another podcast where I'm going to be playing. <laughs> I'm going to be playing the voice of a fictionalized version of Stephen King. Oh wow! Are you familiar with the Midnight Pals? A, a I've t- heard of it. Yeah, so th- they're doing a a podcast version of the Midnight Pals, and so uh, I will be I will be the Stephen King. Uh, in that, Gosh, in that. and I'm doing, I'm doing a voice, I'm doing, it's a whole thing. It's yeah, gonna gotta, be great. D- well, if you need some coke, hey, <laughs> no. <laughs> We know how that went. He got hit by a car. It's a whole thing. A truck driver. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He wrote eight books about
2: it. You know, it's great. Um, well, if, <laughs> well, if this cocaine makes you walk in the road. <laughs> the cocaine that makes you walk on the road. There, well, I got on that. I'm on Stephen I got that Stephen King loud pack.
1: You know? Stephen King loud pack. Makes, you, makes your ass walk in traffic.
0: <laughs>
1: We're hitting that. Uh, we're hitting that dead zone kush yeah that uh, dead zone <laughs> <laughs> shit's gonna make you
2: see the future <laughs> that shit that make that shit make you go tap <laughs> yeah exactly God, yeah. shit got me barking like Cujo <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Wick got got blood raying down my eyes like Carrie. Yeah, shit's yeah, got oh. me
1: seeing the fucking beam, you know, with the turtle and shit. Like I'm in Dark Tower. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm smoking on that uh, pet cemetery.
1: Make you kill your husband.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I
1: like got him on that needful things shit, dude. <laughs> Selling my soul to the devil. Anyway, I mean, my, you you've obviously read much more Stephen King
2: than me. My, I, I got I got all of them out. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> I, Desperation and uh, Oh Regulators great. are like I think the only two Stephen King books I've actually read. and weren't read.
1: those uh, written as his alter ego? One was Richard Bachman, yeah,
2: and Regulators is Richard Bachman, and Desperation was uh, no. Stephen proper. King proper. Yeah. Well, what really
1: interested me—complete sidebar—but like, his kid is a writer now.
2: I heard about that, yeah.
1: Yes, but he goes by the name Joe Hill, which fair is like the plainest, most plain Jane name, and he probably would have done all right, but it's like now they've written a book together, so it's like, okay, well, you can drop the act now. We know that you're... <laughs> Stephen King's son, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we got it. We figured it out. So a lot of weird stuff happening on the internet this week, too. So are you familiar with Twitter user Radmilk? Brian. Yeah, I heard he died. Yeah, strange fella. Yeah, a, a real real name Everett, and it's just a just an odd duck. Well, apparently, he was a bit of a troubled soul as well. Yeah, he uh, got
2: uh, very transphobic. Yeah, and apparently, may have allegedly abused his wife and child. Yeah, there's some had like a really bad turn to the right. It seems like, and I remember. Like I was like, I like signed up a new Instagram account for something I was working on. And one of like after following, like I said, people like he was in my recommended and I'm like, oh, I remember this guy from like the old weird Twitter days. Yes. Like this guy had dropped off and it was weird because he had a lot of followers and obviously like people were kind of like, what the fuck? He died. Yeah. I just remember them as like, oh, he went like the way of like instead of like starting a podcast or becoming like. Uh, someone that wrote it like hole. He right. just wanted to be the sort of person that would get like a viral tweet and then have like the constellation projector right under it. Like <laughs> um, I felt like it was it was really weird that seeing so many og twitter weirdos being like what the fuck but i was like this dude was straight up posting like normie fucking memes as far as i could tell for a while
1: for a while yeah but i mean there was still some old old good shit posts in between there but yeah my my how i found out oddly enough is through this tweet uh, from at dl gonquin and it's in the voice of norm mcdonald's got a picture of norm there this fellow went by the online name of rad milk odd looking duck His tweets were almost entirely bad. says here he was a decorated domestic abuser. Hold the fort. He was shot by cops because he was brandishing a knife and trying to murder his wife. Now, again, that's allegedly. We don't know the facts of the case. We just know that the police did indeed
2: uh, 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 shoot and kill. There was a (laughs) a sniper 300 yards away. (laughs) Blew his pecker clean off, I've been told. Just annihilated the dick and balls. uh... Without having been there you know it's 99 percent of the time when someone is killed by the cops it didn't need to happen right so like that's an awful thing that's awful for him that's awful for his family and the people that care about him but uh he also made some really interesting tweets about blm and like you know uh um, you know if you have nothing to, to hide and you know those kind of things so like it's uh i i guess it's getting the taste of your own medicine
1: it's a bit of a mixed bag yeah it's a mixed bag yeah it's 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 sad that he died regardless it, yeah. like, it's just it's it's one of those things yeah sounds sounds like a not not great personal life that's, no that's where i'm at uh, so th- there was another revival of an old discourse that's been around for a long time that's right folks we're talking about sex scenes in tv and and, and movies and stuff yeah, it's, it's weird
2: uh, this is coming back around. That We're people, back. <laughs> that people have this very puritanical view about uh, intimacy, explicit or subtle yeah. in uh, movies and similar media. So strange. It is really weird. I think it really plays to just how like alienated a lot of people, particularly online, are from what a display of intimacy in media can actually mean outside of, like, something explicit or... Yeah. Um, uh, or, or just feeling like all expressions or all displays of intimacy or sexuality are inherently exploitational or or vulgar in some way um, that maybe you as
1: a viewer or a person observing this media uh, is not aware of? So the, the user at Brit Martinez... Unpopular opinion, I hate nudity in TV shows. Nothing more awkward than feeling like you walked into a room of people having sex. It never propels the story forward, and it's uncomfortable whether you're with your parents, boyfriend, or friends. And then at Charlotte Laws replies, More unpopular opinion, I don't like to see people kissing on the lips in TV shows or movies unless I know the actors are dating or get married I have a gag reflex, and yes, I have embraced my inner prude. I'm sorry. Hot people being hot and making out with each other is about like half of television now. So you're really missing out. Yeah, you're minutes.
2: missing out a lot of media, and
1: it's just such a fucking weird pain. I can't understand. Like, there's it feels like one of those like return things where people are like, "Bring back the haze code." No, let us not do that, yeah. please. For the love of God, do not do that. It seems so alien to me. Like It's a perfectly natural thing to have happen. People meet. They fall in love. They, they kiss at some point up, in the and, story. And they, they bump uglies. Yeah, yeah, that's...
2: Uh, Tales all the time. Yeah. It's a classic. And it's just so strange. So, it's so fucking strange that people are, are like, yeah, no, no tits. I mean, like, whether or not we can argue that, like there's a lot of superficial like it does yes we I, we can make an argument that like we're, we're not Selma Blair gang throttled from behind and storytelling uh by her black professor you know I think that one is always one that comes up is like did we really need that yeah I don't
1: know I still don't know but it's like I mean I personally needed that but that's a whole nother yeah um <laughs> there's, even if it seems to come out of nowhere I think there's a reason for it to be there, right? They wrote it in there sure. the, the people on set got comfortable with being nude in front of others. Like there's, there's a purpose to it, whether that's, you know, readily known to you or I, or whoever's watching the scene. I don't necessarily think that any n- sex in movies is bad. And that's part of why it baffles me. I'm like, well, what, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to see that expressed on screen what is is there a? I have a lot of feelings wrapped up in it it's hard to express them all at once but I'm going to try the one thing that I keep pointing back to is like there's this puritanical self-hatred of your body and its desires yeah. and it's expressing yourself through Twitter where you're saying like I don't want to see that in a movie well tough shit I do you yeah. know I think hot people being hot together is great it's
2: it's pretty pretty top tier not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, again, like I go back to my thought that it's just kind of an expression of how just like alienated people are right now, and unable to. I think people have a just a really odd relationship or non relationship with um, intimacy, mm. and yeah, fuck that. Just, yeah, I really. It's just. Uh, it's just bizarre. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's baffling. It's it's
2: baff it's baffling the 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 sea. People would be like, yeah, this is a this is a thing we should do.
1: Yeah, the fact that people are agreeing and that it's not just some minority opinion, but some people are like, yeah, yeah, we should we should not have it. You know, there's rating systems for a reason. You don't want yeah. to see t- a titty in a movie. Well, don't go see an R rated movie then. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's content warnings everywhere. You know, like everybody's got. Even you know, even if you're watching on like cable, you know, if you're watching on HBO, it'll tell you in in the before the movie starts. Contains brief nudity. Contains adult content. Contains the, and then you can choose not to fucking watch it. Yeah, but I, but I also
2: think that we are in the era of the entitled media consumer.
0: Mm. Yeah,
2: where um, I think people think that they have they should be cared to a little bit more because we we've had so much cared to us in. Films and media and video games through the lens of identity politics that people feel like, well, if we're going to have LGBTQ stuff or we have progressive ideas and media, well, where's my bullshit? Where's the stuff for me? Like the person that wears like three pairs of Mormon underwear to the fucking Trader Joe's to buy fucking half rod mushrooms that cost twenty five dollars a pound. <laughs> me. Where's, yeah. where's the media speaking to me? Right, the uh, protagonist of reality. The person no, I, that jacks yeah. off with a, a fucking clothes pill on the tip of their dick.
1: <laughs> I was thinking salad tongs so they don't have to touch it. No. But I... <laughs> speaking of cum, Brian, uh, our one of our favorite shows that you and I share in common is, of course, the show Come Town,
2: Which I don't think you've ever... This is funny,
1: very funny you say this because you've like, admitted to me like you you never listened to it. Yeah. Uh, it... Since I told you that I have gone back and, and dug into some of the older stuff. But yeah, like um Come Town it's one of those shows where you really have to be in the right mindset. Uh to, oh, there's to get there's it whole started. entire stretches of that podcast that I find to be very fucking
2: unfunny. And then there'll just be like an episode like the Benoit Bowflex <laughs> or um woke Elmo. Right. Like there'll just be like a the fugue state cholo is <laughs> is is great because it also has the jeff goldblum of oh no we no we're stick in my ass which is why i have jeff goldblum socks because after that bit <laughs> no. i i i was i i was just kept going oh you know
1: i don't know you stick it in my ass i don't know again so oh, i got i got terrible ideas but, you know, we stick it in my ass so so the reason i bring up come Town is that in the past couple of days a couple of different Unidentified flying objects have been shot down over the United States. One of whom uh, <laughs> was in Alaska. Turns out they were all stops Doordash <laughs> orders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got that food you went...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: have you have you listened to the episode where we're about the breakfast sandwiches?
1: Yes, that is probably so. <laughs> I that is probably an all timer yeah. That is
2: that is, that had me on the edge of my seat because I I remember. A thing about, I'll let you go. Off yeah, 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 was, yeah. Well, the thing about people who really don't like Cumtown, people that don't really like Cumtown did not have really close friends. They had a somewhat antagonistic relationship with growing up. Right. I had like two or three friends when I was like sixteen, where all we did was talk shit to each other. We vandalized Wikipedia. I have friend. <laughs> that, I had a friend that that got banned. Got his like dad's comp- IP, his mom's IP, and like. A lot of shit banned from Wikipedia because they chep, kept changing Doug Funny to Brian Sutter on Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, just, like, shit like that. So, like, that's what I really loved about when I first started listening. To yeah. I was like, oh, this reminds me of just being fucking knuckleheads with my friends when yeah. I was, like, 17. And uh, I think there's something really special about that. And the breakfast sandwich thing is really oh, yeah. just, like, you won't let it go because no. your friend fucked up and you're not.
0: No.
1: See, they have breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> And it takes them, God, 30 minutes to even talk about anything else. And even then, it's like, yeah, but the breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So, (laughs) Come Town. So, Come Town made the top trending on Twitter this week. And it was because fans of the show, uh, upset that, of course, it's now been renamed the Adam Freeland Show since Stab left, got it trending on Twitter during the time where an unidentified flying object was shot down over Alaska so the joke then was made uh, prayers for the town of cumtown alaska so someone took a map and took out chase alaska and put in cumtown amazing <laughs> and now and no there's a, a whole twitter thread about like you know cumtown alaska uh, there, there's a I mean, there's some great memes there. There's there's a picture of Adam Friedland. This is the brave pilot that shot the UFO down in Comtown, Alaska. <laughs> uh, America needs more men like this. I, mean, I, didn't, it, I
2: didn't realize that this was related to the, the balloon, because yes. I thought a lot of it was Matt Healy from the 1975 going on there and and being...
1: No, re- that was actually unrelated, because Matt... Uh, so yeah, Matt Healy from the 1975 did go on the Adam Friedland show and said a bunch of weird shit yeah. that his fans, I don't think, were ready for, and yeah. I think that's where Town Trending at the same time happened.
2: But then it moved into something else. And then
1: it became, well, Alaska is Trending. Come town is trending. to Alaska. So Come Town, Alaska. So now <laughs> So now there's people on the internet swearing up and down that there is a town in Alaska. The pilot the pilot town. shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> the pilot was last seen buying a Vitamix, yeah. <laughs> God
2: damn the Vitamix yeah. You ever seen the one where it's the Matrix? <laughs> Don't let that man buy that Vitamix. <laughs> I will
1: would... <laughs> Yeah. No, it's oh fuck. So that that was a little treat just for just for your uh, your fans out there. Did I ever tell you
2: that when I worked at Whole Foods, there was a guy there who like ate nothing but like peanut butter and jelly for like three months so he could buy a Viamix on discount? And it's Jesus. like, well, like my dude, if you're already so broke that you, yeah. the only way you can afford, like, where are you going to afford? What are you going to put in it? What are you going to put in the, in the Viamix, <laughs> my dude?
1: Because fuck, yeah, like what bananas?
2: You're like yeah, what are you going to put? Know. in No, it's just. The Viamix the Vi- seems like it's really great for people of a certain lifestyle and a certain uh, income, and that's probably not most people that work at Whole Foods.
1: I, I honestly never looked it up until until I heard that content episode, and f- I mean, even to this day. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, working at Whole Foods and getting a Viamix while on the on the
2: discount was like a fucking rite of passage. Yeah, because you could get like a fucking like uh, plate on there that was like engraved with your name and shit. It was fucking stupid. <laughs>
1: So yeah, I mean they start at three hundred bucks, and that's for a food processor. We're talking about like the Vitamix actual blenders. Yeah, five hundred, seven hundred dollars, three fifty. I'm sorry, three fifty yeah. for the for the small model. But yeah, like it's that's, not, you know, yeah for a small appliance. That's that's a lot of money. I don't think I've ever paid that much for anything. Even an oven. I think I got my oven for exactly that much. Actually, it's a Frigidaire. It mm-hmm. was a scratch and dent. We got it at the, you know, out of the yeah, outlet mall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you got a Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was a huge gouge down the side. I'm like, yeah, but we're putting cabinets in around it. So who cares? Nobody's gonna see it. Nobody's gonna <laughs> yeah. see it. It's yeah, not, it doesn't, like affect, it doesn't affect. It doesn't affect anything. Dunk right there. Yeah, easy peasy. Well, it was the same with the the dishwasher. It's like, yeah. oh, it's got a big gouge on it. Yeah, but that's the part that goes in the wall. What People do you... are weird. Yeah. That's very that's odd. cool though. Yeah, so fucking Viemix, <laughs> Come to Alaska. Oh, my favorite thing was that you, we talked with uh Ed Zitron about Cat Turd 2, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, someone did their diligence and found Cat Turd 2's band. Well, it was Cuna Anonymous I think did the episode. Julian Field and Travis were posting about it. Now, I don't know the exact specifics because i'm still i'm like a month behind every time i start working on this show yeah (laughs) i wind up like not listening to shows that i already subscribed to but the yeah the post that i have is from a julian field pull this up here cat turd phil buchanan put out multiple albums as frontman and singer for his band the groovy grapes in the 90s And this track, Sweet Shack Shuffle, sounds a lot like another band I know. And then he posted it with a photo from, this is Spinal Tab. Oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, their record, Purple Fever. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Fever. They look like a band from Florida. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And they definitely have, like, backwards caps and the tie-dyed shirts. Like, they definitely look like... Psych rock dropouts. Uh just I they mean,
2: look like they look like the sort of guys that were mad they didn't get to open up for Ness or
1: <laughs> They look like they got mad they didn't get to open up for Spin Doctors. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but you know what they got to open up for the Toadies once though. Mm. Oh yeah. Invading Vaden like bad mouths them every time he can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just uh, the song titles Amazing. there, uh the Sweet Shack Shuffle. Let's see here. Uh, snip, snapping her fingers. Listen to what I say. Purple. It just the just terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. Like, boy, this guy is in his 50s. He was in his 30s. The, oh God, he must have been in his 20s in the 90s then. I'm doing the math wrong.
2: And now he's in the Rolling Stones.
1: <laughs> God,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. But, the I mean, Rolling also, Stones. this is another, as QAnon Anonymous explained in their episode, this is just another example of like this ultra right-wing reactionary goofball who is a failed entertainer.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of right wingers that were former comedians or former whatever. And I mean, Ben Shapiro, oh, yeah. Steven Crowder. Yeah, um, a lot of them, like
2: amazingly large amount of them, are like failed comedians. And then now there's that Tucker Carlson thing that's special. That's got like the dudes from gas digital and like Ari Schaefer. I was explaining to my girlfriend, like Ari Schaefer, because I showed her the trailer. Ari Schaefer is a dude, a Jewish guy who's claimed the fame was doing something called the amazing racist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which was, guess guy. what? You know,
2: it it did what it said on the box. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it- picking up a bunch of day laborers outside of a, outside of a, uh, Home Depot and then driving to like to the immigration office or something oh, yeah. like just just these terrible mean spirited bits. Right. That are funny. That, um, yeah. They're I kind know. of they're kind of funny in a fucked up way. It's just like, wow, this guy is rotten. Yeah. Like, yeah. Talking about cancel culture and stuff was like, well, this isn't like someone telling body jokes like these are like things that the really blurred line of what is funny and what is actually hateful
1: right and that was that early 2000s thing yeah yeah the, the so that happened edge lord and my my last so i kicked
2: him out of, so that happened i kicked him out of my country right
1: <laughs> we issued a program yeah it was a whole thing yeah um but no a, my, my it was last this thing deal
2: i guess <laughs>
1: My last thing I want to share with you is rotating com. Brian, are you familiar with it? I've heard about this. This is really really amazing. It is a series of animated gifs of sandwiches spinning endlessly. (laughs) It's so good. There's a Reuben here. Looks like we got a Bon Me. We got a Euro and a sausage egg biscuit there. You got like a chicken chicken cutlet, a BLT. You name it. You scroll down this page, you're going to find. Just endlessly rotating. Now that is a Twitter user at not a big jerk, <laughs> who we've talked about before, but apparently uh, they they just decided. You know what? I'm gonna put up <laughs> an entire I, I really wedding. respect the hustle on this. This, <laughs> this is this is. I mean, it's high quality images too. These aren't you know blurry yeah. nonsense. This is you know somebody sat there and really took care with these.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, the technology is there. Like the stuff's well lit. <laughs> like you probably. Should, she probably use like a a player that you a rotating player turntable for use for product photography and just use it for sandwiches i mean it's,
1: it's simple as i mean there's a big mac on here
2: just want a sandwich uh, it's, it's, it's I multiple call euros. Her. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> just scroll down at rotatingsandwiches.com highly recommend it just for a just for a quick scroll there yeah it's a little fun just a little fun just to so get away from just wet your the, whistle yeah just to get away from all the Awful nonsense of, that's of elsewhere. Cat turd two and <laughs> come tell Alaska. Yeah, just it's, there's so much, so much darkness in the world. Rotating sandwiches, I figure was a was a balm for our weary souls. Because we're about to go into, yes, of course, our favorite segment, the crypto scam of the week.
2: You're listening
1: to 48 minutes of dogs barking, the podcast.
0: And now it's time for the crypto scam of the week.
1: We actually have two. Oh this week you know there's actually a third one there's a third one holy shit why don't a, we start with the, the platypus uh their
2: stable coin just got fucking got for 10 million dollars like just what this afternoon. yeah check web 3 is going fine <laughs> or yeah it's fucking wild oh 8.5 million i apologize
1: flash loan attack okay oh jesus christ so yeah, platypus finance suffered a flash loan attack On Thursday, which is the day we record, the potential loss in the X point is 8.5 million. It lost its price peg to the dollar as a result, falling 48 cents from its $1 anchor. A Platypus team member posting, For now, all operations are paused until we get more clarity. Now, I'm not as familiar with Platypus as I am some of these other ones. Yeah. My understanding is that it's based on another blockchain, right? Avalanche? Was that the one? I think so. Okay. So they can swap stable coins and everything's pegged to this one currency. Is that? So, so stable
2: one, like one US, USP or USDP or whatever mm-hmm. the ticker is for this. I think it's USP. USP mm-hmm. equals one American dollar. And so one USDT, one USDC, all right. is supposed to be pegged to a dollar. And depending on moments of high volume, sometimes it gets depegged to like 99 or 98 cents. And that's, that's temporary. I mean, yeah, we're talking yeah. about like you have to catch it like on the one minute or block right. per block sometimes. Okay. So for a stable coin to lose its peg that deeply, I think Luna, their stablecoins coins the last one, I think the got hit like that. I don't know so much about this project, but I do know it's one where people like to really over leverage themselves. Yeah, and so you could leverage against a. a, a Is how I understand that it could be. Yeah, real. yeah. But people were like, you know, so they would take like leverage right. out against their staking. Okay. And Then they would stake that, and then leverage off like so they would just get themselves in like really, really intense uh, leverage situations. Which, if you were a fucking genius at reading charts, and you were like the fucking master trader, right? You could probably come out ahead. But the average motherfucker like me and you, no, yeah, is going would... to get fucking right stopped, going to get fucking wrecked. So now that now that's been exploited for eight point five million dollars, um, I, I. I bet a lot of people are, are fucking just rage facing and screaming and throwing their keyboards everywhere.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the idea being that like, cause now you've really fucking lost your money. Right. Cause yeah. Once you've, once you've gone down even beyond half, yeah, <laughs> you've really you've really kind of screwed the pooch. And and the idea that they're gonna like, oh, all operations are paused, well that means every transaction then and that means like a huge chain of, of yeah, events the, is, is going the on.
2: Reverberation of those of that hack and the pausing, that's fucking wild. I've seen more and more crypto Twitter people with these things. Either it's like either these devs are fucking stupid or they're not hiring good coders or it seems more likely as people get more and more desperate as uh, as people feel like there's a recession coming. Markets are definitely fucking bearish. Uh, this is the devs just doing it themselves as a way to kind of like uh, wet their whistle and get away with it.
1: Yeah, get a taste before you get pushed before, out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it it makes sense from a certain point of view. Like, well, I got to get mine. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, fucking depressing. But I mean, it's it's the facts. Like there's really not much else to say regards that, because like when it comes to stuff like this. There's two kinds of people, right? There's bag holders and and then there's the the people rug pulling. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, And they don't want to be the last man standing. So they're going to do what it takes to to get themselves solvent and get the fuck out.
2: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times like i've seen some like some shit coin like looked at the chart (laughs) and then um like go off with the rest of my life i go out and fucking touch grass yeah yeah, yeah. and then like a month later i'm like i wonder how that chart went and i'll go back and look at some (laughs) you know ryoshi shib larp that's like some japanese mythology bullshit and it's like oh okay well after the after the first time i looked at it like oh it did like a 3x and oh (laughs) it just immediately cratered, and like has like three thousand dollars of liquidity
1: right <laughs> you know, where it started at like half a mil or whatever you yeah, know yeah.
2: like it, it yeah like it it got to like a five mil cap, and it's immediately fucking nosedived and you're like huh. right and i see that chart a lot Why? i'm yeah. like oh, i wonder what this is gonna look like <laughs> in a month and like most times it's like it's a steady climb up a mountain and then the mountain turns into a sheer cliff downwards
1: pretty much yeah, yeah. i mean that, that's what we're seeing a lot another one uh umami. Which I just love to say because umami, umami. Umami. because I imagine saying it in Ronald Reagan's voice. I really don't know why it's umami, umami, umami. (laughs) And you know he's saying it to to Nancy, but anyway, uh, just umami. Jesus Christ, umami finance had a bit of a week, (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, their uh, their core team kind of just fucked off, like they literally (laughs) mass they mass resigned shit sucks hit the bricks <laughs> <laughs> ain't wrong uh and then of course the token crashed the ex ceo allegedly dumping his holdings in the token the concept alone was like oh we're going to we're going to revolutionize the mass adoption of defi decentralized finance they clearly didn't cuz this is like a story we've heard
2: yeah uh, it's just it, uh, it, many fucking times before
1: <laughs> it started back in the end of January staking rewards would be paused this is courtesy of protos.com they're reporting there following the January 31st announcement that staking rewards would be paused umami's staking tvl began to drop sharply from 20 million to just 5 the project decided to spend the flow of funds pending completion of a compliance review exercising caution as regulatory pressure in the crypto space heats up. The project CEO, Alex O'Donnell, posted on Twitter, Kill your darlings. It refers to novelists who face tough trade-offs in pursuit of the perfect narrative arc. Applies to startups, too. Of course, less than a week later, the price began to crash from over $18 to a low of $7. A Dumami developer wrote on Twitter that O'Donnell's wallet was dumping tokens and triggering the drop. So, like, yeah, the guy in charge who is saying, like, eh, it's fine, is just jumping ship literally and taking his shit and going home. Fucking ridiculous. Apparently, the price has recovered. As of this writing, which was a couple days ago, uh, it was back up to $14. So it may may not be done. We don't know.
2: There are plenty of crypto projects where you have a dev do something like that and a secondary team member or the community takes over and it keeps going
1: i don't think you're ever going to see that kind of rise again though i think we're pretty much plateauing as far as this goes just just based on reputation alone you know like oh, there's we're a talking about with uh, this particular project yeah, just spe- yeah, specifically umami like this bump is pretty much going to be either That's, it's going to stay that or what, it's
2: gonna... they would, uh, it's what they would uh is what they call a dead cat bounce dead cat bounce yes yeah this is probably people got their 1x or their 2x out i should say and they're probably going to get out maybe it'll go to 21 but we'll i see. would say if we're watching the chart i would imagine it to maybe pump a little bit above 14 and then immediately fucking nosedive
1: right well another this is a three for gosh this is the first time we've had this of course, we're referring to Yuga Labs and
2: oh, the butthole game.
1: The butthole game, Dookie Dash. Oh God, boy, I fucking hate everything about it. <laughs> it's terrible. I hate the
2: inconsistency in the art. It's just one of those things where, like, how much is this? How much is Yuga Labs worth? How much right. are fucking board apes particularly? And this is the artwork. You, this all looks like a fucking shit from a YouTube ad for a <laughs> mobile game that that bricks your phone.
1: Yeah. Their Dookie Dash game, which was meant to be like an endless runner, and uh, players are cheating. Players are, are, are paying for boosting services, charging a minimum of 0. 0.25 Ethereum, about $420 CAD, or USD, for a score of 250,000 or higher, with prices going as high as 2.5 ETH, roughly $4,000 for a score over 700,000. The boosting service in question, this is reporting courtesy of Decrypt.co, saying that it did not use cheats. Well, the thing is, the folks at BYAC, of course, caught on to this and are saying, like, you know, if you cheated at our game, if you paid to win, you're not going to get whatever rewards were coming to you. We will not allow cheating, says the official board ape yc twitter account we have already noticed some dookie dash sewer passes associated with cheating the scores have now been removed from the leaderboard of course that's going to happen yeah of course it's going to happen there's no world in which that's not going to happen i mean i i'm old enough to remember world of warcraft gold farmers you would pay yeah. people to farm gold in or warcraft
2: the fucking microsoft points shit
1: yes Uh, runescape you'd pay people to go do runescape shit for you yeah like this is not new but the fact that these people at at board ape are like well what is happening you know like it's to me is like come on you built something that's publicly accessible that you have to pay to even get into of course there's someone that's going to pay to win it
2: yeah um (laughs) Is, is this
1: what DeFi's all about? Right. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. I mean, shit. Here we go. Uh, at Orphelius, when you play Dookie, every single mouse movement, every obstacle you see or hit, every fragment you collect, every dash, every millisecond is collected and submitted. Yuga's simulator then replays your entire run on their server, and if anything doesn't match, clogged, which is their shorthand for you're not getting what you supposedly earned yeah just, just baffling to me that, that they wouldn't expect this but now they're trying to play catch up that's the part that it feels like okay what because of course well, you're paying this is more What happens
2: when you're like a bunch of like crypto fascists allegedly or whatever <laughs> and your fucking joke bad fucking generative art thing becomes more successful than you ever could have anticipated and now you're playing catch up to keep the fucking Gravy train going.
1: Yeah. I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. Bored apes suck. Yeah. They're bad. Bored apes can eat my balls. Yeah. Just like Jay Leno. Just like Jay Leno. That's right, folks. Our main subject of the week is a classic from days of your pages wherein a celebrity, a fictional character, or even the concept of time itself would eat your balls. Ate My Balls. Very early internet meme. We talked about the Dancing Baby. That was a very early internet meme. I wanted to kind of go back in that same vein and talk about the Ate My Balls pages. 1990s, when the early internet was still... That was a very strange time, because it was very... You couldn't really get it everywhere. Broadband wasn't everywhere. You didn't have... you know. Cell phones weren't internet capable. When you had it, you had to get it at a certain spot. So... These web pages were created mostly on, you know, university sites, p- places yeah. that would have a dedicated internet Coasting page. And... So, Nahil Patel, a student at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, started one of the first ones with, of course, Mr. T. Ate My Balls. <laughs>
0: first name, Mr. don't make me mad.
1: This webpage fairly simple, pretty basic layout, right? Blue background, some images, edited the text of course to say I sure could go for some balls right now with an image of Mr. T. Right. Mr. T ate my balls. Mr. T ate my balls. It's Damn a- them balls is good. <laughs> <laughs> Pity the fool who don't like balls. <laughs> So, yeah, a, a wonderful piece, courtesy of Wired Magazine from 2000, which was well after this had become a thing. And it's only credited to Wired staff, so no one wanted to put their name What on. that most likely means is that through a revamp
2: of the website over many, many years, the, the, whoever was tasked with importing or transferring these stories into like a new... WordPress or whatever it was just like you know what fuck it this per you know we pay them you know we only paid them a hundred bucks for this anyways so like fuck them and it's like all the people that used to write for One Up they're like yeah I wrote this really cool article but it no longer fucking exists anymore or it's credited to One Up staff and gotcha. stuff like that
1: well see sometimes when it is. The magazine staff—it's no one wants to put their name on it. So it's—it's—it's sure. it's, it's it's usually 50. nowadays. It's—it's it's because someone's trying to rat fuck you, and they don't care. <laughs> well, in this instance, we don't know, so we're just going to assume that's what you said—that someone when they're doing the content management system that they weren't really caring. So, whoever actually wrote this, uh, the headline "Keep on Munching." <laughs> it's gotten to the point they say that every everything under the sun has an "Ate My Balls" page devoted to it. Think we're kidding? We'll try this one on for size. According to the official AMB web ring homepage, that's right, there was a web ring devoted to pages.
2: I I wonder how many South Park minis played.
1: Oh yeah, when browsing the ring, according to the official AMB web ring homepage, there are currently 473 sites and counting. Amazing. This was in the year 2000. Devoted to that concept. An underground phenomenon. Their targets range from obvious to the ridiculous. Among them, Bill Gates ate my balls. Mm -hmm. Britney Spears ate my balls, Mm -hmm. of course. Pokemon ate my balls. eBay auctioned off my balls. (laughs) And the historically hip Mexican archaeology ate my balls. So... So, yes, uh, per this article and per my personal experience, these sites were really hastily put together, slapdash, you know, early Photoshop or if you couldn't afford that, GIMP, you know, uh, images of whoever your target was saying, boy, I sure could go for some balls. Uh, Boy, wouldn't it be nice if I had some balls um, yeah
2: <laughs> i uh i remember this having a bit of a resurgence yeah on Fiad, sometime in the mid aughts mm. um there was a poster uh dan's 1120 i think okay uh who then became megs okay 1120 when they transitioned who i think was a big proponent of reposting you know j-lo ate my balls um i remember j-lo and um Mr. T ate my balls being very much a thing that kind of came back through FIAD. And that's actually, I thought it was a much more recent thing when you said we were going to do this topic. Cause like, Oh, I remember this from the pink forum. I didn't realize it was something from like the late nineties. That's pretty wild.
1: Yeah. Uh, 1998, the Iowa state daily courtesy of Connor Bizane. What do Mr. T Chewbacca and Monica Lewinsky have in common? All of them, quote, ate my balls. <laughs> what a lead, by the way. What a just, fantastic, yeah. It's just, just beautiful. <laughs> Since 1996, more than 300 websites have been created to showcase the strange phenomenon of ball eating. According to the Institute of Testicular Consumption <laughs> Apparently, they did their research. According to the Institute of Testicular Consumption website, one testicle contains over 85% of the suggested daily vitamin and mineral intake suggested by the Surgeon General. Cartoon characters, celebrities, political leaders, and almost any person or group imaginable has been showcased on the Internet eating balls. The site features pictures of various people with humorous captions designed to entertain web surfers. Now, the reason I bring this particular article up is because it actually identifies Nehan Patel, a junior in computer engineering of the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana, was the one who started it all, March of 96. He and his friends began to work on Mr. T. Ate My Balls. Quoting Mr. Patel here, a couple of guys were tossing the football around in the hallway when they hit an exit sign They realized they could remove the glass pane, so they scratched off the word exit and replaced it with Mr. T ate my balls. (laughs) After that incident, Patel continues, the phrase became the punchline to every joke. We began seeing cartoon-like advertisements for Mr. T ate my balls cereal and drawings and jokes related to Chewbacca eating balls. From there, the web pages were the next step. So, yes, uh, they... (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) They registered some search engines. They created that one. They created Ronald Reagan and Chewbacca and various other ones. According to the website, the Mr. T Ate My Balls, the page has been featured in Internet Underground Magazine as well as Florida humorist Dave Barry's book, Dave Barry in Cyberspace. Now, getting yourself in a Dave Berry book is the shit at this time. Like, yeah. Dave Barry, you couldn't ask for anything more. That would be like, in the present moment, getting your shit mentioned in, like, a David Sedaris book. Like, the people who think that shit's funny are going to lose it. They're going to go wild. And that, actually, I think is where I first heard it, because I was... a. a at the time, I was 15, so I was a rabid Dave Barry fan for some reason. Not really sure where that came from. It is odd. Uh, <laughs> makes makes a lot of sense, it I guess. Kind of does. That kind of thing will stick with you, and people who you know grew up on this, they're gonna they're gonna go wild for the "Ate My Balls" pages. Um, so yeah, just a college student, a college student in '96 created an entire subgenre of web pages that went wild. Now we would have things like CRT ate my
2: balls, um, Tucker Carlson ate my balls, Tucker Carlson yeah. ate my balls, yeah. Chinese weather balloon <laughs> ate my balls.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right though. Yeah, East Palestine train derailment <laughs> ate my balls. Yeah, that's right. That Rihanna a Super Bowl performance ate my balls. There would be a new ate my balls page every hour or so yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I feel you know? I feel
2: like the 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 internet is much too fast for uh that kind of concept uh, at least with the same tone or like to be proper cuz yeah. you just have to be shitting them out because like every day there's a new fucking idiot on the internet that's like, you know, as as we say the main character. Yeah, the the curvy wife guy
1: ate my balls, the curvy, you know.
2: the curvy wife guy ate my balls.
1: Bean Dad ate my balls. Bean Dad the, ate
2: my balls.
1: The cast of My Brother and My Brother and Me ate my balls. God. And so forth and so on. Yeah, I mean, you can. Uh, Logan Paul ate my balls. Logan and so Paul on, ate you know.
2: my balls. OJ Simpson ate my balls. <laughs>
1: oh, did you see, you see
2: Um, OJ Simpson got the blue check? But was yeah. Because he bought Twitter. Yeah, blue. of course. Of course he <laughs> did. My dude, you allegedly murdered your wife <laughs> and you can't get the check. Nope. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, I don't know. How I
1: would have done it. Yeah. The blue check. <laughs> <laughs> if I did it, yeah. If I did it. Oh, fuck. Nah, I would have paid $8. Honestly,
2: honestly, today. the fact that he was going to write, that he had wrote a book and was going to yeah. get published.
1: Yeah. Called, if I did it, here's how I would have done it, or whatever. Yeah, Just, just
2: absolute, just fucking take the lap, king. Yeah, dude. dude you... you Fucking weirdo! They
1: <laughs> like, just can't let it go. Uh, I feel
2: like if him and Tiger Woods got stuck in an elevator oh, together, magic. It's just I bet those I bet those guys would just talk about pussy.
1: Oh yeah, no question. Like yeah.
2: I mean. I think that's what I would do. I think that's if I was stuck in the elevator with someone anyways, I would just be talking about pussy.
1: Like, hey, man, who's the finest girl you ever fucked?
2: Yeah. Man, you like pussy? Yeah, yeah. me too. Anyways, <laughs> this elevator thing. <laughs> yeah. All I talk about is pussy. It's is what it's exchange. You
1: think pussy's cool? Yep. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right, but anyway. Anyways, how are we going to get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Like, we talked about Dancing Baby, and we talked about, like, how it had kind of a, a knock-on effect in pop culture. Ate My Balls page just really stayed on the web. Yeah. That was one that never really broke containment, and that's fine. I never needed to see, like, a throwback gag. Ali McBeal ate my balls. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I'm sure somebody did. The cast of Friends ate my balls, you know, whatever it was at the time. Party the cat- Five ate my balls. <laughs> yeah. Northern
2: Exposure ate my balls. Right, yeah. 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 God, David Minnesota. Cross ate my balls.
1: Yeah, Mr. Show ate my balls. Anyway, um, what was the other show he was on? Just Shoot Me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Patton Oswald ate my balls. And so forth and so on.
2: But like... Patton Oswald Oswalt uh, allegedly um, ate his wife's balls.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> um,
1: but back in 2009, somebody still kept the, the torch going. Andrew Zimmern. Are you familiar with who Andrew Zimmern is? I'm not. Well, he was a a chef guy, so he was a James Beard Award-winning TV personality, et cetera, et cetera. He was on Bizarre Foods, The Zimmern List, Family Dinner, Man vs. Food, et cetera. So yes, in 2009, someone still had a page, Andrew Zimmern ate my balls. Uh, There's him with a... Yeah, a bit of a pastry there. Give me them balls, fool. You know what's
2: funny? I've seen these without contacts. <laughs> I've seen these, like, posted on Twitter or, like, social media. And it was just like, oh, yeah, it's like that thing ate my balls. Yeah.
1: Let's see here. I, I ate his balls without reservation. It's him and Anthony Bourdain. So that's, uh, yeah, no reservation. That one created by a friend of the podcast, Drew Fairweather, a.k.a. toothpaste for dinner he created that one uh, in two thousand nine. So, just a just a good time online. There's so much that we can learn from the simplicity of "Ate My Balls" pages. Actually, you're you we were just like thinking about like Twitter people and like oh yeah, Logan Paul ate my balls. I'm sure someone on Twitter has had that idea of like whatever's in the news ate my balls. It'd be a great bot before Twitter dies to set up. Whatever trending topic, just insert those words and then ate my balls. A,
2: uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade <laughs> ate my balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Alright, Brian. Are you ready? Is it, sh- is it time for Shock.jpg? It's, it's time JPEG. for Shock.jpg.
0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. Yeah,
1: ate my balls pages. There's really only so much joy you can wring out of those soggy soggy wet mess. Uh, This is homewares.org is our shock.jpg this week. Courtesy of our friends who brought us tub girl, two girl, one finger, etc. The description reads, As artwork, homewares.org explores the relationship between gender politics and emerging sexualities. With influences as diverse as Kierkegaard and Munch, new tensions are synthesized from both traditional and modern narratives. The piece examines the endless oscillation of meaning through imagery depicting a Japanese lady with a dildo and covered in brown material that appears to be poo. Yes, I apologize, it is our second... Oh, no, I'm sorry. This must be the new version. Uh, there, there is a another version where it is a, a Japanese lady covered in doo doo. Now this one is a clown uh, making love to a um, a dwarf, a dwarf, a little person. Yes, uh, at what appears to be a birthday party. A gentleman, uh, an African American gentleman in the background, with a uh, dress shirt and a tie on. Uh, a lady in the back there, um, watching intently, and you can barely see it. But a uh, a portly gentleman in the back, who appears to be an adult baby. What what time? <laughs>
2: Precious. Just gosh, I... those home movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is at least not as upsetting as the McChicken.
1: No, the, not as upsetting as the McChicken or the uh, the, the guy just eating doo doo. I, I or will... having doo doo
2: just watery shit all over him. Right. Just like a fucking pig in filth. Right. Which I think was his intent, but...
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, at least the the young lady in question, you know, she's got a tiara on, and... She's a princess.
2: Yeah. She's in her uh, slut era.
1: (laughs) Yep, clearly, yeah, with the fishnets, yeah. And it's just, it's a looping gif, so we're just gonna... Not going to make you continue that. Anyway, that was... Uh, that's homewares.org. That was... Uh, Amazing. What a little tidbit of the internet we we came A little crumb uh, just of internet touch. weirdness. Well, like... When I think about, like... The internet's obsession with little people, I don't really know what it's about. I think it's just that, like... Oh, they're strange. I think it was just such a...
2: I think for people of our generation, it was, like, a really interesting taboo.
1: Mm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Like dwarfism is interesting there's different types of it and people are some people have dwarfism and uh, you know they do have special needs some don't right I think it's just a different because you know the world is designed for like a six foot white guy right and so if you're like five foot two or under like it's a challenge and people have to be resourceful Mm. and it's a different lens of existence, I think. If I had to
1: take a wild guess, or we could the same midgets are funny. I don't know. I was gonna say because, like, I think a lot of the the framing that I saw from that time period was just that, like, they're little and it's funny, and that's right. Fine, but like,
2: I think the internet allows you to look at things without also being seen. Yes, you know, so yes. it's it's a, it's a way of observing without. Someone seeing you leer at them because they got a lazy eye or because they're a dwarf or something like that. It's Um, one direction. Voyeurism. Yeah. The voyeurism of it. But I think probably there's more humanizing stuff about dwarfism in one way or another on the internet than stuff that's just like really shitty. I think that's changed. All right, Or maybe... I hope. I I think that whatever novelty there was I think is also worn off. Right. The weird obsession that people had with dwarfs like even up to like 20 years ago i remember yeah. reading like the harmony central forums which is maybe something we'll cover here at one point in time and like i think it was like summer nam or whatever and a guy that like worked on guitar pedals or like whatever he had like a vendor's pass and like was just like writing about how him and a buddy had like hired bridget the midget to like hang out with them all day And i'm like huh
1: yeah. weird, yeah uh, Bridget the Mission, of course, one of the more infamous uh little people, porn stars, yes, she still tours oddly enough, uh, it's just it's one of those things where like, okay, I guess that's a thing to build a career off of, you know, she, yeah, what she comes out of? on stage in a suitcase and they unzip it, and she comes out and she does a strip tease and it is thing. such a great bit I've seen it <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it myself but like
2: I've seen like video of it, yeah, like, oh, that's great, yeah, you know fucking own it,
1: yeah. Well, at a certain point, like I, I feel like she and whoever the the the, the little lady was in in this bit um, was like, well, I guess I might as well, you know, I guess I might sure. as well ex- exploit myself goes. before someone exploits me, yeah, kind of thing. Um, it's kind of a weird way to think about exploitation, but kind of fits because yeah. I mean, there's there's people still doing that today. Like nothing's really changed in that regard, but like. Especially if you have any unusual characteristics that people might find odd or alluring or whatever. It's like, well, someone's going to exploit me one way or the other, and I might as well get paid. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Fucking
2: Better you, I guess, to get paid off of exploiting yourself than like...
1: Some j- shitty dude that drives a Scirocco or something, right? And it so it's one of those things, but yeah, it's, what a what a weird shock.jpg. Because I was looking for the other one, which was oh a still of a a, a Japanese woman covered in doo doo. Thankfully, we found the other one.
2: <laughs> I don't know if my Thankfully. stomach could have
1: handled more doo doo after you're last sure, week. Sure, you're
2: sure been uh, picking the brown ones. I have the I shitty know. ones. I don't know what it is. Just, I mean, I mean, there's. You know, I, I mean, there's it's only something. Is is it funny? I don't know. I take a lot of shits, and I've yet to find most of them funny.
1: Some of them actually scare me. <laughs> they Fair upset enough. me. Fair enough. Ah, so after that one, Brian, I think we're going to need a real serious breath mint. Do you have something that you'd like um, to bring to the table? Yeah,
2: so my girlfriend and I, for Valentine's Day, uh, got a little bit of Mexican food. And uh, then we watched a little high culture
1: movie, mm. a little Finnish ordeal called "Dogs Don't Wear Pants." Dogs don't wear pants. I know nothing about this. It Hit me. Well, we were. I was like, well, how about we watch like a horror movie? Because her job,
2: she's always around explicit, gory stuff, and I, I do this podcast, so like you know, <laughs> oh, let's watch a horror film. Sure. Like, sure. there's very few things that like. Uh, I mean, I could. I don't know if I want to watch Campbell Holocaust again, but there's an infamous story uh, maybe I've told on here about going to a midnight screening with a bunch of like Webster Groves film kids and they all like went on and worked on like fucking Godzilla movies and shit. Mm. We all went to a midnight screening at the Tivoli of Campbell Holocaust and I I really want to stress the Tivoli, the main theater was absolutely fucking packed at the beginning and by the the credits roll the in credit roll there was maybe 20 people Yep, and i was one of them yeah uh so i have a pretty good stomach for weird shit sure. and uh we were gonna watch you know the classic cult movie the stuff because oh. it was on shutter yeah and i've never got to see that even though uh you know it's a bit infamous through internet uh websites like x entertainment which are no longer around and so on so on I was like, oh, let's watch this, and I kind of scrolled a little bit further down, like, oh, this, maybe, maybe, you know, this is about a guy who loses his wife, and he kind of becomes obsessed with a dominatrix. Okay. And it's because the dominatrix will choke him out, and when he gets choked out and starts to, like, black out, he hallucinates that he's with his wife again. And it goes into some interesting turns and you kind of watch this guy lose his his grip, grasp with reality because he's pursuing this. And the dominatrix obviously has a financial interest in these of things. Of course, yeah. Um, but she in her vanilla life is actually like a caregiver and like helps people with like, uh, like therapy, like physical therapy. And so it's a very interesting look at who she is, so you don't dive super deep into her because it's about the guy, right? But it gives you a lot to think about because what is, what's like mutually helpful in a relationship like that? You know, taking out the the monetary uh, incentives uh, because you see her trying to find her own sense of control with this client who is, wants to, you know, fucking have a plastic bag put over his head and shit. It's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, I don't want to say... It's really hard to to describe because the less you kind of know, the better, but uh, it... It explores intimacy and sexuality and loss in a way that, like, if it were an American film, Mm. would have been so clumsy and so (laughs) shitty, but this manages to be terrifying and hot and interesting and somehow ekes out as much of a happy ending as you could out of the premise without being unbelievable. Okay. Play a little bit of Destiny 2. I feel like that's going to be my fucking Waterloo. Yeah, like, I feel mm. like they've they've I've, the games as a service thing is a fucking dead end. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't have like six hours a day to dedicate to the game, like yeah. Forza, um, is the same problem. Like I'm like, oh, this is really fucking fun, but it's like also realizing like if I really want to get the most out of this, I have to play like every day, and I don't want to fucking do that.
1: No, there's no reason to. Honestly, I think that's part of why I fell off of Destiny too was the same problem. It was like, A, I don't want to keep buying expansions forever. I would get into one thing and I'd get, you know, I'd, I'd do a few raids or I'd do this, or, and then it would be like, oh, you got to buy the $30 thing. Like, I bought this game once, and keep buying it $30 at a time forever. But apparently that is what they want you to do, so yeah. They well, do. I mean, I get it if
2: you're going to keep adding content, but what got weird was you would buy, like, the expansion and you would get some story content and, you know, some other stuff and, like, whatever, and you get, like, challenge lists, or, not challenge list or whatever, but, like, the experience shit or, like, yeah. uh, the battle pass or whatever yeah. it's fucking called. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's fine, but it was all tied to season specific stuff that you could no longer go back to after certain milestones in the season's progress Right. so it it just felt like if I really wanted to get my money's worth I would have to like
1: turn off my phone
2: yeah and that was not what I found attractive about
1: Destiny no yeah it was a pick up and play get on and and do a few things and have fun yeah I Mm -hmm. didn't want this to feel like a fucking job Yeah, and that—that is exactly what games as a service is starting to feel like. And so I've—I've made a vow to myself, never again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, I I picked up, I played like Gambit for a couple hours, and like it's because Gambit's a fun mode.
2: Fun, but they've kind of fucked it up. But after the Gambit Prime stuff, where, uh, I don't, you know, there's like probably like not even ten people since I've ever played Destiny. No, it's all right, but um. Gambit at one point in time was like the funnest thing you could do. Oh, yeah. And then it got less fun with the season of the Drifter and like the weird armor sets that didn't really work right and just really making shit way too grindy. And now uh, my understanding is that they made an announcement that they're going to make it even more grindy. And I'm like, "I I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's it, Chief. Yep
1: kind of like well i'm I'm good <laughs> i guess
2: i'll just like uh, every like eight months play gambit for a couple hours and just right. be like oh okay this was fun thanks yeah i yeah. don't even have like stasis powers unlocked or anything on my characters yeah. i'm
1: using guns that
2: i got like in
1: 2018 <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that i do a lot is I'm you know my kids are 12 now and so they're almost at that point where like I can start showing them cool shit yeah so the two things that I recently showed them that I I thought would be worth revisiting here would be first and foremost we talked about Danny DeVito a lot last episode and I then went and watched twins Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger nice not uh not the only movie they would ever do together of course the other one was junior where Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant but twins It's not a tumor No, that's kindergarten cop. Okay. But uh <laughs> I
2: there is there there is some elements to Arnold Schwarzenegger's nineties movies. Yeah. It's some absolute fucking backwire shit. Oh
1: no, yeah, no. There's there's some there's some real questionable choices, uh not the least of which is like, you know, jingle all the way uh, a a Christmas movie they released in summer for some reason. But no. um No that's not it. That's not it? No,
2: because I have a very very specific memory of visiting my family in Greensboro, North Carolina for Thanksgiving and being very upset that I had to watch this fucking shitty movie because my little cousin wanted to see it instead of Beavis and Butthead do America, which was in theaters the exact same time.
1: Okay, because I remember at the time, Arnold said in an interview, it's a summer blockbuster so I just assumed that that meant that he released it in summer. I It probably just kind of came and went because I didn't go see it in the theaters either. I so. have a very specific memory
2: of being in the uh, main foyer of this movie theater in North Carolina and seeing the massive pop artwork <laughs> for Beavis Head Do America where it was the the deal where if you look at it from one direction you see Beavis' face and you look at it from another direction because it's like... There's two planes, and they're like an edge. So oh, if you're staying okay. in one direction, you're only seeing the the parts of the the uh, saw, as it were, the saw edge. Yeah. They're facing towards you, so that's Butthead. And then you stay on the other side, that's Beavis. And I just remember being so fucking furious, I had to go watch Sinbad do something. <laughs> Even as a child, I was cynical of like, this is this is not a good time. This is not a good use of... Viva Butthead! Do America's right fucking there. I'm in fourth grade, right? And I'm like, I want this. Sh- no, like, yeah. I think Jingle All the Ways most notable for like F A O Schwartz's is in it, which is like yeah. a thing that is most certainly not
1: around anymore. Yeah, because the only other F A O Schwartz reference I remember is from uh, Big. Oh yeah, Big. Yeah, and then they had a knockoff F A O Schwartz in the Home Alone Two. It wasn't called F.A.O. Schwartz, but it was very obviously supposed to be that. Amazing. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> yeah twins. What a... What a <laughs> back, to, back to the... No, Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that was the only thing I really had to say. It was just like, twins, what an interesting thing, because my kids are twins. And yeah. so they're they're fraternal. Look,
2: it's representation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow, is and, this
2: the intersectionality you woke fuckers love? <laughs> is what you wanted, right? Right? Yeah. Right? I, <laughs> now go read your bell hooks. <laughs> Start slapping your fucking belt on the banister. Get upstairs. And then freeze your fucking bell hooks. Bell hooks. Get yeah. that Lori Petty out of here.
0: <laughs> oh baby, that's the forty-eight minutes of dogs barking riff of the week.
2: Uh, Lori Petty had some bad takes yeah. the last couple years. She I thought wrote... you said
1: Lori Petty. No. I was mistaken. I thought you were talking about, like the star of Tank Girl is a rape apologist. Fuck! I've been going to bat for her. For Lori Petty.
2: Lori Penny. Um she wrote a really good book, Unspeakable Things. Yeah. And everyone was like, Oh great, we love this this new and exciting voice and like contemporary like rad femme. And then like I I can't remember what it was the last couple of years, she had like a really bad take during the pandemic and everyone I think was basically just you could hear if you if you put your ear out your window, you could hear <laughs> people chucking her books into the dumpster behind their house.
1: Okay. I was like, Lori Petty,
2: the star of Point Break? What? She's a British journalist. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, she's the same age as
1: me. No. Isn't that terrible? You always hate that feeling.
2: Yeah, but uh, Unspeakable Things is a good book. Yeah. Uh, I can't really vouch for anything else she's done. Right. It's like the Diablo... She has like the diablo Coy effect where she had like her moment
1: and then just went back into like the... Yes. The primordial goo. Back into the ether from when she came. Yeah, the uh, And then the other other thing that I wanted to comment on was there was Avenue 5. I mentioned it previously as a show I was getting into. Just finished it. It's a hoot. It's a good one. Uh, I really like Josh Gad. I really like damn near everyone, but Hugh Laurie is fantastic. Oh, he's great. Oh, I love him. And uh, that, that second season has a great moment. Or they're, you, they're like, they've got all the, the bad people on the ship and they're trying to have them you know, do, do things. But there's a line, she's just, release the pedophile. And to me, I just... And that is that lasts, in the second season? Yeah, that is okay, in the second season. Okay, I haven't started yet. the second
2: season. I remember watching the first one and really enjoying it for what it was. Yeah.
1: And maybe we'll... We it follows along in the same vein. There's a lot of that fun stuff there, too. Oh, yeah, and, I appreciate and...
2: it. Yeah, what else is... What else is out there i i haven't really fucked with anything um uh last of us still maintains uh good showness Mm -hmm. uh the last two episodes take place in kansas city missouri okay which i uh they i think they filmed in montreal for that (laughs) and and you know what you know what someone must have done their research because most of what you see in uh montreal as kansas city it's like just red brick warehouses which i feel is kansas city Feels. outside of downtown it's yeah. just like if, if 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 i close my eyes and i think of like kansas city well you drive out into the city to get to fucking kansas right which is kind of weird and then uh it's just a bunch of red brick warehouses everywhere <laughs> like, you're like you know yeah. like you know like is this like i'm in westport isn't this yeah. supposed to be where all the hipsters are? Like, yeah. why is it still just a bunch of like muffler shops and warehouses? Yeah. So I think I I I, I was explaining to my girlfriend, like, I hate to sound like a snake, but I think they they re- someone there who on the production crew must have grown up in Kansas City or, or, went to or school. Somewhere there. nearby, yeah. Yeah, because like it's just fucking warehouses. It's
1: just Yeah. <laughs> it's just a They even have that whole area where it's like, Oh, it's a limestone cave, but it's limestone caves that are warehouses. Yeah. Yeah, so there's Uh
2: yeah, well the 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 tunnels, the caves do come into uh part of the plot of, of oh. their time. And Excellent. I thought that was actually a really nice little nice little, little touch, call. yeah. I was like, "Oh, that that works really well." And that was like also explaining like one of the characters they meet when they're in KC is like drawing a map and I forgot that KC is like actually like squared in by highways. Yeah. And so he's drawing Henry is drawing like a map and like here's highway 70 and i'm just like you don't know how important it is to us midwesterners to see highway 70 representation (laughs) oh yeah like it's it's so rare like it's usually like highway 70 in like colorado yeah yeah
1: you don't see it cutting through the midwest yeah yeah i was
2: like i'm feeling i'm feeling this is the representation i was looking for our highway yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) of all the things yeah all right, well, that about does it for the program then. Uh, my name is Jason. You can find me on Twitter and various other places at Videocrime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. You can find me on, let's see here, TikTok and Instagram as at Laser Goose CEO. Let's see. The show itself can be found at 48 Minutes of Dogs on Twitter and various other places there as well. Shoot us an email, 48 minutes of Dogs at gmail.com. Give us a phone call, 314 246 9766. Or if you like to spell with your telephone, that's 314 Ahoy Poo. And you can also catch us on TikTok and a couple other spots where we'll post little clips of the show as we get them. Brian, where can they find you oh, if you want to uh, send me death threats or <laughs> need someone
2: to help you a uh, place of worship <laughs> you can find me at board on instagram and twitter that's i s h o t g y d b o r d if you want to check out my um photography portfolio it's assholemusicphotographer.com i am slowly updating my new photography music blog thingy, a music Um Uploading some old stuff from my old website. And I'm going to try and write about some stuff I've photographed recently. Uh, if When I have the time, and when I have the time, and I'm not dying from uh, the China virus. <laughs> China.
1: China. So that about does it. We're gonna leave you with some music. One of my records that I keep coming back to in the past couple of years is "The Suburbs" by the Arcade Fire. So of course, the tune from it that we're gonna leave you with is called "Empty Room." Perfect song. The Ian King wobble too. You know what? You're probably right. Yeah. Yes. This is about the time of the show where we say a Namaste, motherfucker, a good night,
0: bye bye.